Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's waste no time. Let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, offensive coordinator at BYU, Coach Aaron Roderick with us here on The Big Show. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Hey, we're terrific. Uh, Tell us a little bit about spring ball. Are you happy with how things are going? Well, uh, yeah. Let me answer that with a question. Have you ever heard a coach say spring ball didn't go great? (laughs) (laughs) You know, now that you say that, no. I don't think I've ever heard that once. Yeah, it never happens. You'll never hear it. Uh, but honestly, yeah, I think we had a good spring. We got uh, made a lot of progress. Some young players saw a lot of development out of some young guys. Uh, kept our veteran guys healthy, and it was good. So, uh, Aaron, uh, everybody is curious to know uh, how the emerging talents at quarterback are going. Uh, can you give us uh, the latest on that? Yeah, um, we gave, you know, gave reps to four guys this spring, which is uh, not ideal. Okay, um, the problem with you know you, when you give reps to four guys, you you water it down a little bit, where uh, you you're sort of at risk of um, maybe you know not anybody getting enough reps to to uh, you know to to you know know anything. You know, so that's the risk of it. But we felt like. Um, you know, this is Baylor Romney's fourth spring here. It's Jaron's third spring. Um, you know, I feel like I – and they've both played in real games. Baylor's played in quite a few games now. Uh, I think it, it's uh, easy to overlook how many games he played in this, this year. Uh, with we, You know, we got a lead on some people and he got a chance to play. And then Jaron and Baylor both played very well in the games they played two years ago. So – I felt like it was a unique situation where we could we could spread the reps around this spring without, you know, really hurting our development, and and so that's what I did. I gave them all reps, and um, we've got a good group. These guys are good players, and we're going to continue this competition into fall camp. Probably, uh, I would I would like to say seven to ten days. I should have a pretty good idea of you know, what direction we're going to go for the first game. But um, still got to need a little more time, a little, little more time with it. So, Coach, I ask you this question more philosophically than about your particular circumstance with your quarterbacks, but you've been through many uh, quarterback battles as, as a coach before. So let me ask you this. How hard is it to balance young potential with experience when making this decision? Is that a difficult thing to do? Yeah, it is. Um because, and I think this is, I think this is something that can happen at every position on the whole team. Is, you know, sometimes you just get comfortable with a player that you sort of know what you're going to get and you trust them. But there might be a younger player who might be a little more prone to make mistakes, but he might also have a maybe a higher ceiling or a higher potential. And that's that's kind of what we went through with Zach a few years ago. Was trying to decide. We knew. 
we knew that Zach had a really, really high ceiling, as high as I've ever seen. Um, but we also, you know, you gotta, you gotta do what's best for the team, and you gotta, you gotta decide, okay, when's the right time to take that that risk to put the young player out there. And so, um, I think that can happen at almost every position on your team. And um, so, you know, at quarterback, we've got a couple of veteran guys that have been around for a while, and they've both played very well when they've played. Um, and they've they've both had a little bit of trouble staying healthy. And then we've got a couple of young guys that are dynamic exciting guys and uh but definitely definitely still have a lot to learn and so um i'm not ready to tell you what the answer to that question is but i I, it's part of the equation for sure and it's it's uh i think it's something that every coach has to deal with you know it's it's just part of you want to get your best players on the field uh, and you want to you want to bring them along but you also you got to protect yourself against mistakes that can cost you games Okay, so separate from the specifics of this particular situation, if let me give you uh, a situation where you have to go with one or the other. Aaron Roderick's got to make a decision, and you've got a tough schedule coming up, and you need to win games, but, but you can only go with either the guy with the live arm and the guy who is, uh, has that high ceiling or the guy who isn't as talented but more experienced, what, what, and you can only do one or the other, which one are you going to do? Well, if there was actually a big difference between the two and talent level, I think you usually just have to go with the more talented guy and, and try to manage manage the growth. Um, I, I wasn't trying to imply, though, that in our case there's a huge gap. I mean, Jaron Jaron Hall is a very talented guy. Baylor Romney is an underrated athlete. He's an excellent thrower. And then we got a couple of young guys that are really exciting guys, too, in Jacob Conover and Soljay. So, um I wasn't trying to say there's a huge gap there, but yes, I, in general, I would say, you know, if there's a big difference, uh, you know, you might not do it right away game one, but it, it, but maybe you should, you know, if there's a big difference, why not get that guy? Why not get that guy going? And, 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 uh, and then it's up to, it's up to the coaches to try to manage some of the mistakes that a young player might make by, you know how you, you know how how complicated you are scheme wise, or what players you put around that player. You know that's a factor too. If you have a veteran team around a young quarterback, then that's different than having a totally. You know, Zach's first year, we had a basically a totally new offense uh, with a lot of young players, and that was a factor in why we decided to wait a few games before we gave him his shot. Um, so there's there's a lot that goes in, that can go into it, but. In a general sense, I believe in getting the your most talented guys with the highest upside. You got to get them on the field. Coach Aaron Roderick with us here, offensive coordinator at BYU. Um, Coach, when you got the gig, uh, you talked about how uh, you wanted to keep the, I guess, edge with the offensive line or, or continue what Coach Grimes had built, and you hire Coach Funk as your offensive line coach. Can you tell us how you and he uh, plan on doing that? Um, yeah, you're right. Um, Grimy, Grimy did a great job here at uh, creating a culture of toughness, with especially with the offensive linemen, but with the entire offense. And um, I, I do not want to lose that. And you guys know my my 12 years at Utah that 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 was a big part of our identity the whole time I was there, and it still is a part of their program. And 
And uh, I thought that was a big part of who we were last year was just, you know, every week, some games we played better than others, but every week I thought we played with some physicality. And, and, and so we want to keep that for sure. And uh, Daryl Funk coached offensive line for a long time for Brady Hoke and for um, Sonny Lubick. And, you know, those of us that are have, you know, a little bit of, college football history know know how tough those teams were those Sonny Lubick teams and Brady Hoke's teams are always known for being tough and physical and and so I just thought that Daryl would be a natural fit he's a very different personality than Grimey but um, veteran guy who who knows so much about the game and so I, I just thought it was it was important to bring a veteran coach that could keep coaching those guys at a high level and then like I said we're we're really I mean, that, that was the number one thing that spring ball is about is we got to continue to be who, who we are and not forget what got us here. Aaron, you probably forgot more about football than I ever knew, but I have learned a lot from you in just conversations with you. And one thing that stands out to me about your experience in coaching is the importance of aggression, you know, not being absolutely stupid out there, but yeah. I don't think uh, I, in, in you, all your years of coaching, it seems like I remember you telling me that you have come to a position where you don't want to hold back. Am I reading that right? Uh, yeah, that's right in a way. So, you know, I, I think that um, being aggressive on offense is, is absolutely critical to winning in this era of the game. I mean, just it's hard to win games, uh, you know, just grinding out a, a low scoring win and kind of the old days of where you could just run the ball and eat the clock and stuff. That's, that's hard to do nowadays. I, I do believe, however, though, you can be, you can be very aggressive on offense and still play team football. And what I mean by that is, you know, you see some of these no huddle offenses now that just are hell bent for speed and they're going, they're running 90 snaps a game up and down the field at a breakneck pace, and they're scoring a lot of points. Uh, but they're also putting their defense out there to defend, you know, just as many snaps as they're running. And so then the game ends up being a track meet, and those games aren't always easy to win either. I mean, that 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 formula is just as problematic as the one where, you know, where you just try to shorten the game and get out of there with a low scoring win. And so I think somewhere in there, there's a balance um, of, you know, being aggressive, attacking for four quarters, but doing it in a way that gives yourself a chance to still be good on defense and special teams. And, you know, there's a responsible way to play aggressively. And the Lavelle Edwards teams of the old days, I thought did a great job of that. You know, they were always very underrated in the run game. They, they threw the ball, down the field but there was it was a controlled passing game where even at the end of the day they were going to have a, a really good number of time of possession and and a lot of first downs and you know those those things that sort of help control the ball game and keep it from just being a you know being a, a just a mess of <laughs> some you know some of these games you see nowadays are just like it might be fun to watch sometimes for fans but I don't think it's always the best bet to try to win just scoring as fast as you can. And um, just because it's hard to play 12 games of defense like that too. And so what we want to do is be an aggressive offense that plays a responsible type of team football where the whole program is in on, is in on how we play. And I think, I think Grimey did a great job of 
buying into Kalani's philosophy about how to do that. And we want to just, you know, continue that as, as well as we can. But it's going to be tough against a tougher schedule. Coach, uh, uh, the NFL was very represented uh, at uh, Zach Wilson's Pro Day, obviously. It went on ESPN and NFL Network, and it was a big spectacle. And I'm guessing uh, some of those NFL representatives are talking to you about your opinion coaching him so closely. What do you tell them? Um, that he's a really good player. Um, <laughs> he, you know, I just, I've just been telling, I mean, most of these, most of these guys make their own opinions about form their own opinions about him as a player. Um, they pay people a lot of money to watch the games, to watch the film. Um, and so I honestly haven't had to tell that many people much about uh, what I think of him as a player, it's more, most of the questions I've had are more just like what it's like to work with him on a day to day basis. How does he learn? Um, you know, and I've just basically told most guys that he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's a, he's a, he's got a really, uh, high football IQ that is partly due to that. He's really smart and also partly due to just how hard he works. That if, if there's something he doesn't know, he's going to work, work as hard as he can to learn it. Um, and just how driven he is to be great. He's a guy that um, he always finds something to have a chip on his shoulder about. I like that about him. He's he's always got something that's motivating him, something that's just kind of, uh, you know, he's just got that, that motivation to be great. And so those are the types of things that I talk to teams about. Like I said, they make their own evaluations about what kind of a quarterback he is. We keep asking you about questions about measuring the value of that which is unconventional and that which is fundamental. But in the case of Zach, it seems like one of the things that wows everybody is his ability, like on that featured throw, rolling to his left and throwing back in the other direction for 60 yards and then hitting hitting his receiver. Uh, who was that? Was that Hifo? I forget. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, hit, hit him right in his hands. What about that as far as a quarterback being able to do unconventional things? It seems like that's all the rage these days in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's always been a part of the game, and it's it's just that now we're finding uh, – we're talking about it more now. I mean, Steve Young did those things, and, and Jim McMahon did those things, and, and um, you know, two of my favorite quarterbacks ever, and, and uh, you know – but now you're right, and it's it's now like part of the game now is um, what can you do when the play breaks down, um, when things don't always go according to plan, or sometimes everything goes according to plan, but there's a giant six foot seven guy right in the window you want to throw to, so you got to sidearm it underneath his outstretched arms to get it to where it's supposed to go. I mean, just little things like that are, uh, are part of the game now, and mobility mobility and being able to escape the rush and and is is a big part of it and then accuracy is is everything and so you're seeing these there's some quarterbacks in the nfl now that are so incredibly accurate with their passes and they can do it from so many different arm angles and body positions it's it's pretty remarkable and i think zach has a chance to be a good player in that league because he can do some of those things that you're seeing those nfl qbs do and the throws, some of the throws that were kind of wowing people the other day in the pro day. I mean, you watched our games. He was doing stuff like that in games almost every week, and and uh, we're gonna miss him. He's he's a good player. 
on that note, and, and this may be a really stupid question, but is it is it fun to call plays for a guy like that? Yeah, yeah, it is. And there were there were even some plays last year where we sort of knew by, by, by design that hey, you might have to fit this one through. I mean, we uh, we threw the little screen pass that we ripped off from the Chiefs, where it had to be an underhand pass, just the way the action of the play and the way we were going to let defensive end be unblocked you know he just he had we 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 ripped it off verbatim exactly from the chiefs and we underhanded the pass or there's there's just some other stuff you know where uh it was fun it was fun to watch him be creative on the field I, i did not feel like he ever went too far with it last season where maybe when he was a younger player um you know he made some mistakes when he was a younger player uh trying to do too much and that's what he's going to have to guard against at the next level is not not going back to being a rookie again. He's going to have to try to play like a veteran and, and apply some of the lessons he learned from his last year in college. That that you got to trust the scheme, let the players around you do the work, um, trust trust the what trust what you're being coached to do, and then then there's there's always a few times a game where you got to make something happen, but you don't want to be forcing those things when you don't have to. Aaron, did you guys call that play Chiefs? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the secret's out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you maybe changed the name. It was a fun play. And, uh, yep. You mentioned the young kid, Jacob Conover. This kid was highly recruited. I mean, can you, uh, most of our listeners have at least seen the other guys play. Can you describe what this guy brings? Uh, yeah, Jacob um, was a really highly recruited guy from Chandler, Arizona. Um, I can't remember what his record was in high school, but it was phenomenal. He lost, I think he just lost one or two games in three years of high school football. Um, he's uh, got a really live arm. The ball, the ball zips out of his hands. He's a really sharp guy, carries himself with a lot of confidence. He's uh, sort of a... Uh, demonstrative guy out there. He's, I don't know what the word is. He's, he's always, he's got a very take charge personality. And um, he, he got here in August. We, we, we weren't expecting to get him until January, but he, with his mission ending a little early due to COVID, we were able to get him in. Uh, it was right around our first game and uh, maybe late August, early September. So he spent the season playing scout team and learning our offense. He didn't get very many reps of our offense in the fall, though. So he's really only had about 15 practices of actual reps running our offense with our players. And But he's a good player. He's got a really bright future, and I'm very excited that he's on our team. Coach, thank you very much, as always, for the time. We really appreciate it. Good luck with the offseason. Thanks for having me, guys. Good talking to you. Thanks, Coach. Coach Aaron Roderick, offensive coordinator at BYU, and uh, always insightful when he comes on the show, Gordon. You always learn a thing or two. Man, there's a lot of, as we were talking to him, there's a lot of, yeah, there's this, but that, you know. I almost felt like you, you were the master of would you rather, but it seemed like we kept <laughs> we kept asking him about, okay, you have this situation or that situation, but that's that that's what uh, the offensive coordinator, that's, he's a decision maker, right? Yep. He's a talent evaluator, a decision maker, and got to think quick. 
Yeah, it's it's finding a balance, as uh, life often is, right? I mean, even uh, responding to your question about coaching aggressive offensively. I mean, you said, yeah, I, I believe in that. But, you know, you can also leave your defense in a really bad spot, and you have to find the best way to win games. And talked about how the, the shootout games isn't always the best way to win it. So you have to find, you know, a balance that highlights, uh, you know, the strengths and uh, negates the weaknesses of your team. I mean, it's 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 got to be – the most challenging part of any coach's job, right? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he, as he has established coaching quarterbacks, if uh, many years ago he ever thought that he would be coaching players to throw the ball sidearm. Well, if they can do it, you know? I mean, if they yeah. if they can do it and be effective, why not? I I love it how, you know, if you see something that works and you think you can do it, who cares if you're stealing it right from the Chiefs? Make it effective. You got a player that can do it and can throw it. And and frankly, uh, Zach Wilson. And I'm not trying to downplay his skills in any way, shape, or form. But he should write Patrick Mahomes a check because everybody (laughs) everybody's loving Zach Wilson in large part because he has some similar abilities to Patrick Mahomes. Got a long way to go to live up to it, of course. But I mean, a lot of people see that. That's the the hot commodity. Some uh, a quarterback that can do those type of things. The, the 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 comparisons that we see that we've seen have been Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, is that tough to live up to or what? You know, we'll we'll see how it turns out for him. But I was re- reading uh, what uh, what uh, our good friend Dick Harmon had written about uh, that whole pro day performance, and I guess Dick was talking with John Beck, and he had told him that that, that thing was all scripted that they wanted to show off what Zach could do that was different than your average quarterback. And uh, he he must have impressed a lot of people because uh, there were all kinds of positive comments coming in. And even even Trevor Lawrence, do you see that he he tweeted uh, something about that great throw that we had talked to Aaron about, moving to his left and throwing right uh, 55, 60 yards down the field. Uh, you know, people take notice of that sort of thing. And it was all done uh, as a part of the show. All right. Big thanks to Coach Roderick for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. We'll get to uh, Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day, coming up next. In fact, our friend Robert Lund has created a big show song we will debut oh coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 in the zone. Welcome on back. All right, you ready for this, Gordon? It's it's time for Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Again, I don't know how you got Sounds of Various Clips from Drop of the Day, but I'm pretty impressed. It's stuck. 
Well, I wish it hadn't. That's. Uh, <laughs> I have a theory. Uh-huh. I think he mixed sounds of the week and drop of the day. No, no I but where does the various clips come in? No, oh, that's a good question. Who knows where these things come from? The dark reaches of my mind. That's all organic. But that is true. That is true. It's not, not planned. Uh, it's not my proudest moment, but since I hear it every day, I, I absorb it. But, uh, so, Gordon, a good friend of ours um, we worked with long ago back at uh, good old Simmons Media. We were back at Trolley Corners. He's our friend Robert Lund. Now, most jazz fans remember Robert from, um, you know, kind of back in the heyday, making a lot of jazz. Uh, what do they call those? Uh, parody songs. Um, and uh, what? Basketball John, right? Remember that one? He did, he did a bunch of He did a whole album, multiple albums, I think, uh, during the run. And uh, then uh, we met him, or we got to know him, I guess. You probably met him before I did, obviously. But we really got to know him because he came in and he did uh, spots and jingles and uh, fun stuff for us on, on The Zone, but really all of Simmons Media Group. And uh, we got to know him a little bit. And he comes up on our show from time to time. And we mentioned him, what, uh, Gordon, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking we about did. Robert. Yeah, and he- very, t- very talented guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I met Robert in the 90s, way back. Uh, but, uh, anyway, yeah, he's, he's really good. So he actually came to our remote on Friday. He dropped by the warehouse. It was great to see him. Just a just a terrific human being. Always. Is he still driving that old battle wagon he used to drive around town? <laughs> you know what? I don't know. I did not see which car he was driving, okay. unfortunately. All right. Uh, but uh, he did come bearing gifts that day. Uh, he came with a big show parody that uh, we are going to hear now for Drop of the Day. Austin, if you please. scores yeah that's exactly what we're going for the big show though i like it i like it what what about it's time for gordon monson and jake scott too oh gordon's got top billing you're all right with that i'm okay okay with it you know he's a big deal it's fine i'm not gonna comment on that (laughs) what what i was being nice oh no you are you're you're big deal i mean i mean not that i noticed Austin always likes to put your name first on the show. It's okay. It's a, it's a, you've earned it, Jake. What? You do? You I my, do? You put my name first? D- is that I true, Gordon? Do I always I, put Jake first? No, I, I have no clue. <laughs> I'm joking around, man. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, Jake, look, that's so good. It's all good. It's I'm all just going to put but, broadcasters from now on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it, though. <laughs> Produced by the EP, Austin Horton. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what you should do, Austin. Jake Scott uh, and broadcaster host the big show. Broadcaster oh, slash writer. If you're gonna if, if you're gonna put me anonymous and make Jake anonymous too. I'm only saying this because you apparently are counting how many times you go first. It's no, true. I don't, You're I, paying I no close clue. attention to that. I, I have no clue about that stuff, uh, nor do I care at this point. But uh, I will say that I, I, I hope we don't just read scores because that's the exact opposite of what we hope to get accomplished here, right? I think uh, he was joking. And by the way, we have five hours of airtime to fill. You don't have any idea how many scores that would have to be? Coming up at four o'clock, cricket. <laughs> How many scores would we have to give? Very slowly over? at that. All right, we're going to go through European level three basketball scores coming up next. But not just the score. You're going to have to give the history of each team, the mascot, the city, the population of that city. Every single stat on the box score. Then their score. Then the opponent, all that stuff. Then the score. It, yeah, it'd be a lot. I Riveting. like it. I, I do too. I like, I like it too. And I, you and I, I are both. Robert, Sorry, Robert. Robert is such a talented guy, and through the years, he has come up with so many gems that uh, I, I feel, in fact, I feel honored yeah. to be made fun of by Robert. Of course, I agree. I think his "Dun of a Mitch" song was better. I liked his "Dun of a Mitch" song too. Do we even have that anymore? Yeah, oh yeah, still hey, have yeah, yeah. It. I got it right here. Uh, play that. We. I want to hear a little bit of. he does is good yeah. i mean he's a remarkably talented guy he even and, took yeah. a bad nickname and put it to two <laughs> made it worthwhile he yeah he, he really he, he really polished up that uh yeah that Wait, nickname he, there. He, are you are you a little jelly that uh he didn't come up with a root of him song no no i'll take my guy ben coombs who did uh the root of commercial he, he sent us a fresh one recently did he way. yeah because some of the teammates have changed oh right yeah mm-hmm uh, yeah, so there there you go. Thanks to Robert. That's awesome. Nice of him to think of us. Yeah, Shout out to the one and only Robert Lund. As we go to break here, I'd want to hear it one more time. All right. We'll get to more coming up next. It is the big show. We'll send you to break with it on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Good for 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Final segment on a Monday. Jazz Game Night pregame show coming up at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Tim Lacombe's going to jump on. We'll get you ready for the Jazz and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, How is uh, Tim? Uh, Tim's good. You want to ask yeah. him yourself? He's sitting right here. Yeah, put him on. Go ahead there, Gordon. Tim, how you doing, man? Testing, is this on? <clears throat> Hello? <laughs> it's on. Yeah, it's what's on? What's how, up, how, how's, uh, how's the, how are the pre-half and post-game uh, shows going for you? They're they're plentiful. I, they're very plentiful. <laughs> There's plenty of them, and they're very. But I get to hang out with your guy here, and he's the best. Yeah. So we have a good time. We have a great time. We eat a lot of food, and we laugh a lot. I think those are the main things we do. Jake's a very pleasant person to be around. Most of the time. Well, I mean, if you were always so pleasant, then we'd probably end up wanting to punch him in the nose, right, Tim? He's got to have a little edge to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, he, I would say. Hey, Jake, you dummy. Wow. Aggressive. <laughs> I would say. When did I say that? Partially pleasant. Right. Partially. I mean, we, like all of us, right? I mean, if somebody's pleasant all the time, don't that's you think annoying that they're, they're phony? Like, nobody can be happy that much of the time. You know, you know, you know, here's the thing, you know. Jake and I argue all the time, and sometimes Austin likes to come in and make fun and whatnot. But my wife really likes Jake and Austin, and so that that is, if if you're good with her, you're good with me, you know. And she she really thinks highly of you guys. So I don't. I don't have you met her, Tim? No, and I don't think she would think highly of me. Most people don't. <laughs> they say, "Who's that hippie over there in the corner?" You haven't seen me in some time, Gordo. I got some long hair, man. Do you really? Gordon had some Good. long hair there for a while when I saw him a couple I still, of times. I, I, I still do. I, I've, I've fallen to pieces. But, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you again, Tim. Looking forward to it, man. You too. In and- fact, I'm going to have a get-together with everybody uh, as soon as it's safe to do so. I'll have everybody come over and, uh, yeah, invite you and your beautiful bride over. And we'll, we'll – uh, have a, ch- a chance to chat a little more because I don't want you to sit there and think that everybody thinks like Jake. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, you absolutely. Know? I got to run a couple of things by uh, just fact check some things, but we'll do that on the <laughs> slide. Oh, uh, Gordon, are you going to be cooking in the, during that get together? Uh, I will until Scotty shows up. Then I'm handing the broadcaster the uh, spatula and letting him do the work. Good. I, I'll find out when that is. I thought that you were actually going to say he was, of course you're getting it catered. <laughs> well, we could do that too. Or, or, or he'll have Lisa prepare all of it, and then when we show up, he'll be like, "Hey, look what I!" He'll did. be pulling it out of yeah. the oven. <laughs> He's done that before, Tim. Don't, don't. Uh, uh, oh, come on! No, I haven't. Oh, stop that. I've really contributed to that one dinner effort, and you guys just swatted aside like I did nothing. That's because the video evidence was not terrific. In fact, a little bit incriminating, even. I've got that video on my phone. I'm going to have to review it and make sure that uh, it was properly uh, uh, put together, CGI. <laughs> what, it, what it was, Tim, is was Gordon coming in on the tail end of making a salad? Like, oh, and sprinkling, like, some carrots and like stuff on the top of the salad. Right. on the top. And then all of a sudden, that video ends, and the next video begins with this big prepared meal and him going, see what I did. Well, yeah, but you've seen the cooking shows. It's got to be edited down to it's a very but, small period of time. But why so didn't you to... film yourself cooking? Well, what I mean, once I put it in the oven... 
and you know, and made sure everything was appropriate. What you wanted to see me place it in the oven? Aha! Uh-huh. You didn't cook in the oven that night. It was grilled burgers. Bing do. And, no, 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 and no, the pie yeah, no. came and, out of the fridge. No. And he said he whipped up a key lime pie in like in like twenty minutes. <laughs> that was from Marie, scratch. Murray calendars. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, anyway, I, I got to find out from you guys whether what you like the Robert Lund tune. Do, you, do we want to incorporate that into our daily? Uh, yeah, we can bring it back in some way, shape, or form and use it. I think uh, you get something like that. You'd be uh, foolish not to, right? Yeah, yeah I thought I it. Was, I thought it was Radio Gold. Huh? I really okay, did. I like it. Why don't we introduce our show with it every day? Maybe we'll do something like that. We'll put our head together with Austin and. But I, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I like having a theme song that is just for us, even if it does, you know, take shots at us. One last thing I wanted to do, say publicly here uh, is I've been trying to talk Austin into doing something, and I hope I'm not going to embarrass you here, Austin. But I've been trying to talk Austin. Austin is such a funny guy that I've been trying to talk him into doing stand-up comedy. He's done it before, way back when, but uh, I think he would be a big hit. But he seems a little on the modest side, like he doesn't know, think he would maybe be all that funny. Do you guys agree with me? Should we talk him into that? Uh, here, I'll make you a deal right here and now. I'll do it after you do it. Yeah, but you're funny. You, I mean, you you, you do it really... once. I'll do it after you. And I, Gordon, I'd be careful what you wish for here because I think you know you have to mine your personal life for material, and I'm guessing where the <laughs> deepest mine might be. <laughs> With the, with the people he works with? A person he works with, yeah. Wait a minute. Why are you singling me out? Uh, because oh, I'm the low-maintenance co-host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's not true. Wait, let me get my pen. I feel material about to arise. <laughs> it's about to come up just right now. Hey, I, I, have a, I have a question just off topic. We're on topic, but kind of off. Why is it a stand-up comedian? Like, did nobody ever sit and talk and laugh? And like, I, I think I'm, I'm, I can do sit down comedy. It's the standing it's a, that, that's got you a little worried. Yeah, when I stand, I lose my train of thought. <laughs> I'm a better <laughs> sitter, kind of like guitar. You know, I'm sitting, I stand. It's two different things. I'm a sit down. Well, it's not the crowds. It's not the hecklers. I know I'm funny. I just can't possibly do it while standing. I just don't want to stand yeah. up for that long. Are and you pre- kidding me? Preferably a chair that rolls like this one. Yeah. You're, Tim, you're a funny guy too. You could probably do. Oh, maybe Austin. We should do a comedy? Vegas deal. You know, just leave all this behind and go down there and take on Vegas. I don't think I'd last very long in Vegas. No, meaning right. I would get into some stuff. Oh, what does that mean? Well, just think of what's available in Las Vegas. He's a big Cirque du Soleil fan. Yeah. NASCAR. The, the big arcade at the Circus Circus. Yeah. I mean, you would spend so much money at the arcade at the Circus Circus. M&M World is there. I'll they have die of a heart Pac-Man. attack in a week. What's that uh, restaurant that they have down there that's uh, famous for their giant portions? What's that place called? The Rainforest Cafe? No, no, no. Well, the Heart Black Attack. Bear oh, I know the Heart Attack Cafe, but that's not what I'm thinking of. I think of the one from the Midwest. It's actually a chain, but I don't know. The only place I've ever had the, it was the, in Vegas. The truck wagon place? Oh, they have a couple of Claim locations. jumper? You know what I'm talking about? Where it, they don't the allow big, you to split big breakfast. meals. Yeah, yeah huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, somebody tweeted us. What's that place called? I can't remember. Yeah. It's over there by the High Roller. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, though. I mean, if you spend a night the in Vegas. The food is then, good. Yeah, then this is That the was place. really a productive segment, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. Tim, wait a second. You said you're you're better when what you're is sitting this? down. What is this, Hans and Scotty? 
Yes. When, when you're, <laughs> when you're uh, performing a rock band with your rock band, do you sit when you do that? No, I stand. I was just trying to be funny. It was oh. a play on comedy. Yeah. Stand up. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, Austin. I think we all are giving you the uh, the affirmative vote that you should only do. if there uh, there's a Gordon Monson set. I'm not getting anywhere on your side, Gordon. Gordon, Austin's you're right opening here. for me, or I'm not going out there. I can't. I can't do what you do. Yeah, but you you got you've got you got you get good. Well, you material. can say that again. You're you're observational in your humor, and it would be it would be. I think, man, this is what I'm saying, guys. I keep trying to talk us into doing it. He won't do it. I'm telling you, 10 years from now, he could be a a billionaire, performing all over the country. A billionaire? I don't know. How much do (laughs) stand-up comics make? make? All right, millions. They work on free mozzarella sticks every night. I don't (laughs) know. All right. Well, we should throw that out there to our listeners. Should Austin do stand-up comedy? I, I think he's got a future there. Who's with me? I kind of like him as a radio producer myself. Well, I'm, I, no, I want him to keep hash his house. gig. Hash go, house go. a go-go. That's it. I was Hash house a go-go? <laughs> oh, you would love it. You should absolutely eat there. And you don't, it's the hash house a go-go. You don't want to go to the hash house. No. That's, 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 that's new over the last That's kind of what years. I was referring to when I said I'd get into right, some Right, but you stuff. can't Wait. get those mixed up. Okay. Where, where is it, Tim? Sahara. It's right. Uh, it's in Sahara. That's Sahara. on Sahara on Avenue. Sahara. I know Sahara. of. I know of hash houses. I know of go go's. Yeah. Is this? There's one on Fremont Street too. Is they're but both there? They're just. Uh, they're just famous for these just monstrous portions that they charge you to split with somebody, and that you never have a prayer of finishing. But the food is really good. Like the breakfast what, burrito what you... is like one of those eight foot tables at church. <laughs> okay. With so do you get do you get yeah. charged more if you don't finish your meal? No. Oh. All right. What do you mean? Do you get charged more? Do you go places where you get charged more for not finishing your meal? No, I thought that. Well, yeah, but that's what distinguishes this place. You can't. You get charged more if you share your food, sir. Is finish your peas. Yeah, it's <laughs> the the idea is they give you a meal for four as one meal, so they don't want you splitting it because they want your money. They've got the food I, police I going you. table to tell you going to finish right. that <laughs> huh? with a club in his hand. You going to finish All that? Right. Give Sorry, me my I'm money. Gonna... <laughs> Give me either my money. finish that or it's twenty five. <laughs> you either finish that. Uh, usually, 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 when you're being punished, they say, "All right, give me twenty five. Twenty five dollars." Okay. This knuckle sandwich says you're going to finish that sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they do uh, that. How in the world did I mis misconstrue that? Misconstrue that. You went Carl Malone there. That was really a productive yeah. segment, wasn't it? Not really. But Austin, yeah, sure. Do stand up. I'll Not come a watch chance. you. I'll come watch you. Not a chance. Would you mix in Gordon's Let's, impression? Where does one do stand up if they just say, wake up one morning and say, I want to do stand up? Our, our guy, uh, Keith Stubbs, has open mic night. Yeah. That wise guy. Keith. You just walk to the corner of the street and just start seeing if you can get a following? <laughs> Comedy Jesus? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we could do that. Let's call Keith. He'll get you on. He's the boss, man. All right. He's a he's a big deal in comedy. I think Austin should start his very own movie review radio show. There's an idea. Yeah, I think. He'd what should I call that. it? No, nobody you, would listen. What do you think? The <laughs> movie zone. Wow, that was mean. I think the perfect. Wow, that was so mean. We talked about the perfect job for Austin before the last 
segment. We did. Austin would be the perfect. Now, he's not going to kill anyone. I want to make sure we're, he's going to live the Ten Commandments, but he's going to brutally hurt people for a price. <laughs> right. And kind of, kind of it's a, called capitalism. Yeah, kind of like a, a, a what are they, you know, somebody who carries out vendettas. But, a hitman. But with some rules. <laughs> Let's call it a hurt man. A it's hurt a hurt man. man. <laughs> and, and he was talking, we actually talked about the marketing plan. He could charge, you know, actually give a free service, but you actually have to guarantee you're going to break an arm. Yeah, you have to buy three hits and I'll give the first one free. It hurts. Hurts. Yeah. Hurts. We're not killing anyone. Just, you know, maybe some injury or, or just ruin their life. But think about the You want a kidney? You got to pay like, for a toe. You yeah. tell Austin what the, that person did to you and it's gold because he's a revenge guy. So he's like, all right, I've got a reason and I'm going to go do this and it'd be profitable. What, are you going to show up with like, a uh, you know, pliers or something? Oh, don't lead the witness. You'll have to talk to my right. attorney about that. But. Well, see, the creativity in it all is part of what the, the, you know, the business plan. You can't get these services anywhere else. <laughs> okay. All right. I think stand-up comedy is probably the better route. Gordon's starting to creep out of the room like, oh, this could be a problem. <laughs> you know well, we're, you know, Austin and I are crazy enough that we, pro- we really are hatching it up. This was the strangest 11 minutes of my life. This has been bizarre. This was terrific. Should we step aside? Should we say goodbye to Gordon? Does this seem like a good time to cut Gordon loose? Yeah, bump me out. It's uh, fine. All right, yeah. buddy. Let's, well, let's, let's talk some jazz and Cleveland Cavs. That ought to be exciting, the Cavs part. Well, thanks for... <laughs> Way to tease yeah, the next thanks show. thanks for the tease. Thanks for the lead-in, Gordo. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Oh, no, it'll you be could really have said, good. well, you might as well tune into the country hits because the guys are going to be talking about the Cavs coming up next. So, no, no, you guys are going to have, you guys are going to make it interesting. You wait. You listen to the next five minutes and you will be thrilled and enthralled. And that's saying something. Given yeah, so the fact don't let the, the last 11 minutes. A, uh, the Jazz are playing a dog team that nobody cares about, you know, but they'll make it good. Gordon, uh, you have yourself a night, buddy. All right. <laughs> See you later. See ya. It's the big show. Jazz game night pregame show next, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be saying goodnight. I hate goodbyes. This thing is over. That'll do, Pink. I don't know.